You found the First Baptist Rockdale Midweek Podcast. Lean in and learn as we study God's Word together. Enjoy. So for the next uh, five or so weeks, um, that's, that's my anticipation though, for the next five or so weeks, we're going to be going through um, what makes you uniquely you and special to God, okay? So we're going to be talking about different aspects that every person has that makes them unique and special and useful for what God is trying to accomplish in this world today. You may not know this, but you are the only you that this world has, and God gave the world to you because you matter. You're an important part of what God is trying to do here uh, on earth. There's a reason that he's here with us today. No, you're good. <laughs> so there's a reason uh, that, that, that God put you here on earth today. There's a reason um, that God has you here. And the first thing we're going to look at today is your spiritual gifts, okay? God gives spiritual gifts to each believer for his purposes. And today we're going to look at those. We're in the book of Romans today, chapter 12. If you have your Bible, you can flip to Romans chapter 12. And as you go there, I want you to think about um, the last time you went to like a white elephant gift exchange. Maybe, maybe it's been a while, um, but I remember when I was doing youth ministry, we would do white elephant gift exchanges and kids would bring the craziest things. Things I didn't know existed um, would be brought. You know, for white elephant exchange, you bring something that you're, you, you're, maybe you're not using anymore uh, and you wrap it up and you put it there and then you get to open a random present, right? And if you don't like your present, right, you can always hope someone will take it from you, right? And then before you open, you can steal someone else's gift, right? That's what makes the White Elephant Gift Exchange fun. Now imagine we did all of that and you came here and we're doing the White Elephant Gift Exchange and instead of you getting to select from the different boxes under the tree, I just randomly handed you things, Right, And I'm like, here's this for you, and this for you, and this for you. You might open up what you got, and you might experience great disappointment. Right, You might get socks. Right, Socks, by the way, was on my Christmas list this year. It's one of the few things uh, that I know that I need is socks. Right, But you might open up your present. It may be the exact thing you don't want. Right, And, and, and if they're doing it that way, you can't trade, you can't steal. You're just stuck with it. And spiritual gifts can feel that way sometimes. You know, they're gifts, but God is the one who chooses to give them. God chooses to distribute them. And then when we look at what we have, oftentimes we're caught looking around the rest of the room at what other people have, and we say, I really would rather have what they have. I'd really rather have their hospitality. I'd really rather have their ability to be compassionate. I've uh, taken many spiritual gift inventories, many And I always score exceedingly low in the area of mercy. Uh, It's just not in me. I watch people who are merciful and I think, I love that. Why can't I be more like that? And I try, but it's not my area. It's not what I've been gifted with. And so I look at what other people have and I think, boy, if I could just have that person's uh, evangelistic spirit, if I could just have that person's leadership skills, if I could just have that person's you know, uh, ability to be discerning, if I could just have that, then I'd be happy. And what happens when, we, when God gives us a spiritual gift, oftentimes we're so caught up in what other people are able to do when they're empowered by the Holy Spirit that we neglect what God has uniquely 
blessed you with. And so today we're going to focus on that. We're in Romans chapter 12. Um, I hope you're there. I told you the chapter right already. Good. Romans chapter 12. We're in verses 6 through 8 today. And this is what Paul says when writing to the church in Rome. He says, um, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Paul lays out a, a, a mini list of spiritual gifts. There's another list of spiritual gifts. The, the longest treatment of spiritual gifts is in the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 deal in depth with spiritual gifts in the body of Christ and how it works together. And then we have kind of that love chapter in the middle, right? 1 First, First Corinthians 13 that's kind of shoved in the middle because that's what holds the gifts Together, but in this section here, Paul lays out a few gifts that we that we're familiar with, right? He, he lays out service and prophecy and teaching and uh, this idea of contribution. That would be a generosity, right? Uh, leadership, uh, mercy. He lays out these gifts. These are legitimate gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives some people uh, upon their salvation measures of these things that other people do not have. Uh, I'm glad the Hills are here today. They're some of my favorite people. This Sunday, by the way, this Sunday uh, morning, that's coming Sunday morning, uh, we're going to have a deacon ordination for Johnny Hill. Johnny is, is going to join our deacon body. We're excited about that. One of the things I love about the Hills, I've been in a small group with them for three and a half years now, something like that, long time, uh, and, uh, and they host our small group. And they are the most hospitable people I know. Now, I don't know if that's Johnny's gift or Jen's gift. I think it's Johnny's. Um, but um, just basing on who spends all day long cooking for us when we show up. But, but I mean, they're welcoming and they're open and they're generous with themselves. They give of themselves, right? But, but if you show up at my house, I'm going to keep you on my porch, okay? Right? Like, like, it's, like it's, just, it's just, I don't have it. Like, I, I want it. I long for it. I, I look at people who've got it. But man, God gives some people some things and doesn't give other people other things. But what you first thing you need to know, guys, is your gifts, the gifts that you have that are used for the kingdom building, they're from God. And that means they're good gifts, right? God doesn't give bad gifts to people. And so when you look around and you find yourself in the comparing game, you need to recognize for some reason, God said you need these things and you don't need those other things that you admire. Those other things out there that you look for and you admire in other people, that is not your primary function here on earth. Now look, mercy is a spiritual gift, but we are all supposed to be merciful to some degree or another, right? For some people it just comes naturally. And for others of us, it's a battle of our wills, right? To show any degree of mercy. Or hospitality is something we should all strive to do, but for some of us it just comes naturally. It's just a gift of spirit. Leadership, right? We all have areas that we lead in our families, in our communities, in our worlds, but, but we all have some leadership quotient that we're, we're, we're given. But God gives some people special loads of it. It's a spiritual gift for the building up of His church. And if God didn't give you the thing that you want, you don't need it. You know, we spend a lot of time working really hard 
to, to fix things that are broken in us, our weaknesses, right? We work really hard on our weaknesses. I, I don't know what your weaknesses are, um, but if you have a job and your job entails like 100% of your work, which it should, 100% of your work, if you're weak in 5% of that, we oftentimes find ourselves spending half of our time on 5% of our work. We start trying, reading books, investing in ourselves, trying to fix what's broken in us because we need to do it. Whereas if we would spend the majority of our time amplifying our strengths, we'd be infinitely more productive. We'd be infinitely better suited for what we're supposed to do. Sure, there may be some things that aren't being done to the degree of excellence that someone else could do, but you're not someone else. You're you. God gave you what you need. He gave you what He wanted you to have. And He gave you what this church needs. If this is your church, God gave you spiritual gifts for this place. To build up this place. Because God blessed His church with everything that it needs. So your spiritual gifts, they come from God. That makes them good. And they don't make them less than other people. Right? Sometimes we idolize people. I look up to certain preachers, certain communicators. I think, boy, I would love to be able to communicate like that person. Right? But there's nothing wrong with being who you are and owning what God has given you and then serving out of your gifts, serving within your gifting. The second thing you need to know is that your gifts, they're unique. Not everyone has every gift and not everyone has the same mixture of gifts that you have. I would wager to say there is no one in this room right now who shares identically the gifting of the Holy Spirit on them. We're all uniquely different. God looked down from heaven, examined what the world needed when you entered into his kingdom. And he said, this is what the world needs through you. You're important because of that. That means that whenever you neglect serving, when you neglect your role in the church or in your family or in your community, when you neglect those things, no one else can step in to fill that spot. Right? The church becomes lopsided when unique people don't do their unique jobs. When we think, well, you know, Matt can do anything, so we'll just let Matt do that thing. Guys, there's a lot of things inside of this church that I do not need to be doing. I just don't need to be doing it. Right? Because you are uniquely blessed to do those things. God has gifted you to do those things. So whatever that is, you know, the, the Feed Rockdale ministry, I love Feed Rockdale. I'm possibly uh, the biggest proponent of that ministry. It is a wonderful thing that we do. It is outside of my primary gifting. I serve and I go because it's part of what I need to do to make, make things function. But it's not in my primary will. You know whose primary wheelhouse that's in? Danielle Higginbotham. That is in Danielle Higginbotham's primary wheelhouse. Right? It, is, it is in every bit of her spiritual gifting. That's why I don't lead Feed Rockdale. I promote it, I cheerlead it, I participate in it, but I'm not in charge of it. Because it's not, what I sh- it's not where I should be leading. And if I was to lead it, it would flounder. It would struggle. It would be a fight every day to get enough people, to make enough lunches, to deliver those lunches to those kids. Right? Uh, Joyce Cryer's here. Joyce is one of my favorite people. Uh, what I love about Joyce is uh, she gets things done. 
right? When you look at like acts of service, like that's who she is. I don't know if you know this, Joyce. It's who you are. Um, it's how God made you to be. And so when, when, when we have a ministry like Feed Rockdale or when we have something else, like I'm like, Joyce, this is what we're doing. And then Joyce is like, okay. And then she goes and she works it all out. We had an issue with youth meals just in the last month. And then she comes in my office. Well, this is how we're going to fix it. And I'm like, okay, right? God gives unique people unique gifts for the fulfilling of his ministry. But not everything falls on Joyce or on Matt or on Danielle or on Doc, right? You guys have a responsibility to find out what God has gifted you with, what makes you specially his creation, and to go and to use those things. Because no one else is you. No one else can do what you can do. No one else can, can think like you think. No one else can be successful like you're successful in certain areas of your life. You can see it, too. If you think about your life, you can see areas where you're just better than people, right? And we're not supposed to think that we're better than people, but we're all better than people in some areas, right? Like, I'm better looking than every other man here. Maybe not Zach, but every other man here. No, probably Zach, too. As I look, profile, yeah. Right, I, right. no, we're, we're all better at some things, right, than other things. And we know it. We just look around like, hey, I'm, this came naturally for me. I don't have to work at this. This was just easy for me. You know why it was easy for you? Because God has blessed you to make it easy for you. Some people got to work real hard, be really mediocre at things that you're just naturally good at. We should praise God that he uniquely made us that way. And we need to focus on those unique things. The third thing, when I look at these gifts um, that are here, is every one of these gifts that Paul lists here, they benefit other people. Right? Your gifts are not for you to use to benefit yourself. Right? When, when, he, when he talks about... Um, Jumping down to verse 7, you know, if service in our serving, like you don't serve yourself. You didn't have the gift of self-service, right? You don't have the gift of generosity to yourself. That's called selfishness. That's not generosity. That's the opposite of generosity if all of your giving is to yourself. Like, hey, I just made $1,000. Let me go spend $1,000 on Matt. That's selfish, right? Generosity, you're like, man, I have this, this money that just by windfall that came to me. How can I bless other people with it? people who think that way? A lot of us, when we get extra money, we're like, finally, I can have a little bit of space between me and the guy chasing me down for bills, right? Like just a little bit of space between me and, me and that guy, right? But, but your gifts, they're, they're given for other people. They're given so that other people can experience what God is doing in this world. When, when, when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14, it talks about the body of Christ, how the body of Christ functions. And you have, you know, not everyone should be an eye because where would the sense of, you know, feeling be and whatever. Not everyone should be a, a hand or a foot because, you know, where would the sense of vision be. Right? There's an idea that we're all parts of this body. We're uniquely different as parts of this body. But, you know, the reason that we're given is not to serve us. It's to focus out. And so you have an opportunity to move out from here, to go forward into something better than what you've been doing. But for a lot of us, we have no idea what it is that we're good at. No idea what it is that God's gifted us with. When we look around, all we see is people that we admire better in every area that we look at. Like, well, I'm not as good a leader as that person. 
I'm not as good of a, a teacher as that person. I'm not as good of a, a prophet. And we, we're not going to get into defining what prophecy is here today, biblically. But like, like I'm, not, I'm not as prophetic as that person. I'm not as merciful as that person. I'm not as hospitable as that person. I'm not as generous as that person. What is my gift? If you've ever wondered what your gift is, there's two easy ways to find out. There's two easy ways to find out. The first way is this. Be around people serving others. Just doing things for other people. And when you go and you do things for other people and you have other believers around you, when you've done that for a week or two, ask them, what am I good at? Right? What is my gift? And they'll be able to tell you real quick because they've watched you in action. And they're like, well, it's not this, this, or this, so it's got to be that. Right? right? It's, not, it's not this or this, but really you're pretty good at this. Sometimes we're unaware of what God has gifted us with because we're, we're, we just don't see it. We're not good at looking in the mirror. I really think we're really, really bad at looking in the mirror. That's a problem for a ton of our issues that we have inside of the church. But, but so ask someone else. Ask someone that, that you know who, who's watched you serve, and they can help you along the way, right? Maybe, maybe give them a little primer of lists so they can kind of look through and be like, I can kind of see these things right here, right? My wife is the best person to help understand what my spiritual gifts are because, like, she sees everything about me. She sees the good, the bad. She sees where I succeed. She sees where I fail. She knows there's things that I do not want to do. Right? I don't, I don't want to deal with anyone in any situation on the phone with any sort of problem. I don't want to do it. And so I'm like, here you go, baby. Take the phone. I don't know what the spiritual gift is for handling problems on the phone with random people that I don't want to deal with. But I don't got that gift. Right? I don't have, I don't, I don't, like, I don't have, the, I don't have it. But she knows all of my weaknesses. She knows all of my strengths. She can identify them quickly. She can identify things that I did not see in myself. She can point it out. So find people that are around you, close to you, who can do it. There's another way that, that, that can help you. It's a tool. It's not exactly a science. There's spiritual gift inventories, spiritual gift surveys. Whatever. It's not a test. You can't fail a spiritual gift inventory because like, you've got a gift. If, if you know Jesus Christ, if you've surrendered your life to Christ, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ... The Bible promises that the Holy Spirit gives gifts as He wills to believers. And there's not a believer that does not receive some portion of gifting from the Holy Spirit. Spiritual gift inventories ask a ton of questions, and you answer them just about yourself real quick. You know, questions like, let me see, i got one right here. Questions like, I have the ability to organize ideas, resources, time, and people effectively. Right, can I do that? And for me, the answer is, yeah, yeah I can do that pretty well. Right? And you scale yourself on a 1 to 5, and then when you're done answering the 80, 90, 120 questions, whatever it is, you just do a little totaling, and it adds them all up, and it says, here's kind of what we think, based on the questions that you've answered, might be your gifts. And as you look at those spiritual gift inventories, you can begin to think, is there anything here for me? Is there any truth here for me? So if it identifies that your spiritual gift is service, which is a wonderful spiritual gift that the church needs more people doing, right? You can say, is that true of me? Do I, do I get joy when I serve? Do I, do I feel when, when there's an opportunity to serve? Do I feel compelled immediately to go and to serve? Is that me? And where the spiritual gift kind of, kind of draws out some ideas, right? Then you go and you practice in those areas and you find out real quick whether or not you're a duck in water or not, right? Can you swim in that spiritual gifting or not? 
Guys, God gives spiritual gifts to the church, right? Because He loves us. Because He wants us to go into this world and to do good things. And He makes you the only person who can do what it is that you're called here to do. Guys, one of the reasons that churches across the world struggle is we have professionalized ministry. We've said ministry happens by the people that you pay to do ministry. And so your job as the congregation is to give money so that we can find people who are qualified to do ministry. And we will find and we will vet and we will employ people to do ministry. And your job is just to fund that. If you give your $20, $50, $100 a week, we'll be able to hire a pastor or a youth guy or a music guy or an education guy, and they will do ministry. But that is not my job. Right? My job as your pastor is not to do the ministry of this church. My job is spelled out in the book of Ephesians. It says the work of the pastor is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. My job is to get you ready to do the work of ministry. I will serve alongside of you. That's how you can learn how to do ministry. But you are called to do ministry. So stop looking for other people to do the things that God has made you to do. You are the only person who can do what you can do. God made it that way. And this church needs you to serve. We need it.